in the children's church. <laughs> Go. And um, the rest of us, Bibles to the book of Proverbs this morning. Proverbs chapter 4 is where we're going to begin. As you turn to Proverbs chapter 4, as we think about where, where we are today, then we'll see just so many things that just are burdening, burdening to us. Now, the reality is that we live in a broken and a hurting world. You know, we don't have to look far to see lots of people struggling, to see people who are discouraged, to see people who are depressed, people struggling with meaning in life, people struggling with identity. Uh, we are surrounded by dark clouds of family disarray. That as we think about crumbling marriages in our communities, uh, we see things around us that would trouble us, and even marriage is falling apart. We see kids caught in the crossfire, kids who are suffering the fallout of all of this. We turn on the news and we hear about mass shootings, and we're humbled by that and struggle with how to make sense of those type of things. We turn on the news and we listen to our political leaders, and we frankly see them acting like children. And we scroll through social media and we see hostility, we see anger, we see pride, we see arrogance, we see foolishness. As we look around us, we see that our world needs help. But often as we look in a mirror as well, we realize that we too need help. That we certainly are not to the point where we think we have it all figured out, we have our lives together. We know ourselves, we know our own families, we know our own relationships. And we know that we struggle and we know that we need help. In many ways, we'd see that God has us as those who are followers of Jesus Christ in a construction zone. That God is at work in our lives, but just like if someone's remodeling your kitchen, that, that kitchen is oftentimes a mess as it's taking good shape. And that is oftentimes the context of our lives, that there's a lot of mess as things begin to come together. And as we think about all the things that we're facing, all the things that go on in our world, and listening to what's going on around us, and we see number, lots of things that would burden us, it can be very easy, very tempting for us to kind of to pull back, to think, you know what, I just want to kind of close the doors, I want to build up a wall, I want to shut off all the stuff that's coming in, and I want to just isolate and live in my own little world. And while that may seem tempting, the reality is God has not called us to that. God has not called us to be a people who are withdrawn and engaged only with ourselves. That as the church of Jesus Christ, we are, we are called to follow the steps of our Savior. To follow the steps of our Savior by entering into a broken and lost world. Entering into our broken and lost world to offer help and to hope. God calls us ambassadors. We are to be His representatives in this world, pursuing and communicating His message in the manner in which He would communicate it, seeking to accomplish His purposes. We, as the church of Jesus Christ, as followers of Jesus, are to be a source of help and hope. We are to be a source of help and hope for a brighter day to those who are stuck in the darkness. As we consider these realities that this morning, what I want us to see this morning in our big picture this morning is that God wants us to be the source of help and hope for a brighter day, that God calls his church to that. That is our task, to be offering help and hope to those who are lost in darkness. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18, this is our kind of our anchor passage this morning. And uh, if you've been around here for a while, this is a verse that keeps coming up. And it just keeps coming up and keeps coming up and it keeps coming up in my heart and my mind because it says this. 
But let's just back up a little bit because to see the context of this. And in, in, in verse, um, verse, let's just start verse 17. It says, for they, this is those who are far from God. It talks about these individuals who are on a different path. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the, the wine of violence. And so he's making a contrast between those who are unbelievers and those who are on a path of darkness and destruction. And he says in verse 18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. That there is a path that leads to a brighter day. Here it's called the path of the righteous. Throughout the book of Proverbs, and actually throughout the Bible, we see two clear paths laid out. One would be what would be called the, the, the way of the righteous. Another way would be the way of the unrighteous. Uh, the way of, of the wicked the way of the pure. We would say the way of the foolish and the way of the wise. The way of darkness, the way of light. The way of death, the way of life. We see all these contrasts all throughout Scripture. And in this passage, we're told that there is a path that is like the morning dawn. And it shines brighter and brighter until a full day. As we think about the imagery of that, we can all relate to that. We know what it's like to be up early in the morning when the sun is just beginning to come up. And as you look out, and things are dark and shadowy, and you can't really understand or see things very clearly. But as we wait, as we stay outside, as the sun comes up, things, get to get be, things become what? Brighter. And as the sun continues to come up, it gets brighter and brighter and it gets brighter and brighter and at noon where's the sun it's a full day right full above us and we see clearly this passage is telling us there is a path that we can be on that life gets brighter and brighter until the full day and i would charge you this morning that god wants us to be a source of help and hope for other people so that they can find a brighter day this would be contrasted in Proverbs thirteen fifteen. It says that the way of the treacherous is their ruin. The way of the unfaithful is hard. And so this contrast of paths, one is hard and is getting darker. One starts kind of dim, but gets brighter. And these are the two paths that God desires us to understand and to pursue. If you've been around here for a while, we've often described this with the letter Y. There are two paths, my way and God's way. My way, life gets, my way, life gets harder. God's way, life gets brighter. And God is inviting us onto this path of a brighter day. And this path of the brighter day, we get onto that path of a brighter day through the gospel of Jesus Christ. That that is how we get on this path. And in following him is this path of a brighter day. Well, what is this brighter day? I want to spend a little time talking about what is this brighter day how do we, how do, what's it look like to be on it, and how do we make others, how do we help others make progress on that? So that's kind of what we're going to see this morning. And so let's begin in the book of John, chapter 10. Turn with me. If you don't have a Bible, there is one close to you in the pew. I would encourage you to pull that out and um, use that with us. I'll try to give you page numbers as we uh, go through this. So our John, chapter 10, verse 10 this morning. Uh, that is on page 896 in your pew Bible. So what is this brighter day? How would we describe it? In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus has been teaching. He talks about the fact that he's the good shepherd. The sheep hear him and follow him. But he says this in verse 10. The thief comes only to steal 
kill, and destroy. But I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So he's making this picture that thieves come to steal, kill, rob. That's what they come. Jesus says, I have come that you may have what? Have life. And to have life how? Abundantly. This abundant life. And this is this umbrella of a brighter day. And what we mean by this brighter day is this new, eternal, and abundant life that Jesus promises to us. It's new life. I'm, I'm no longer what I was because of what Jesus, so I'm new. It's eternal life. It begins when I trust Jesus as my Savior. It continues throughout all of eternity. And it is also an abundant life. It is a life that is, that is marked, as we would see in the, in the book of uh, 2 Corinthians. It is, a, is a, it is a life that is continually being transformed. Turn there with me. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to look at a few brief, quick passages here to get our trajectory set. But this brighter day is new, eternal, abundant. That's what a brighter day is. In chapter 3, this is on page 965 in your pew Bible. And in this passage it says to us, 2 Corinthians 3.18 and we all, with unveiled face, those are believers, the veil of our sin and our blindness has been removed, we can see. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From this comes the Lord, who is the Spirit. And this idea says we're being transformed from one image to another, so this idea of this brighter day, this brighter day is a life of transformation, is a life of transformation into the image of Jesus, that in our character, that we're reflecting Jesus more and more, that we are, we are reflecting his attitude towards others, we are reflecting his outlook on life, that we are reflecting Jesus. And this is a transformation that's taken place on this path to a brighter day, brighter and brighter. So it's a life that's new, eternal, abundant. It's a life of transformation. Let's look at one other passage here in the book of Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. This is on page 975 in your pew Bible. What is the brighter day? New, abundant, eternal life. A transformed life. This brighter day life is also a life that is marked by the fruit of the Spirit. And it says this in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. As we hear this verses, this brighter day that God's wanting us on, this path of life that gets brighter and brighter and brighter, is new, it's eternal, it's abundant, it's a life of transformation, but it's also a life where we experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. These qualities are, being, are growing in our lives. These are the things that God wants for us. These are things God wants to be developing in us so that we can enjoy the life that he's given to us. This new transformed life, this life of abundance is marked by these qualities. And we see change taking place, that love replaces selfishness. 
Life's no longer just all about me, but I'm willing to give of myself for others. That joy, joy shows up and begins to replace kind of the blah of life, the, the, the discouragement and depression that often shows up in our lives. That peace replaces anger and hostility. A life of transformation where, where patience replaces the demand that life works on my schedule. Love, joy, peace, patience. Where kindness replaces my sharp tongue of sarcasm. That I'm kind. That, that goodness replaces the immorality that I often find myself attracted to. There's transformation. There's gentleness takes place and replaces the prickliness that very easily shows up in my life. Self-control replaces self-indulgence. That on this path to a brighter day of transformation, these are the things that are developing in our lives. And I would ask you a question, is, would you, what are these qualities that you would love to see growing in your life? Love, joy, peace, patience. Are those things that we would like to see growing in our lives? Do you think those are things that people in our community would love to be seeing growing in their lives? Absolutely. We see people all over, they're hungering for that. Joy, peace, patience, they miss all of that. And, and God is calling us that we are a people that God is putting on a path to a brighter day who are called to bring others along on this path to a brighter day. That we have the opportunity to bring people's, to, to make people's lives better. I mean, do you realize the opportunity that God gives to us? We have this rich message of eternal life, of transformation from death to life, that people don't have to go to hell because of their sin, because of Jesus Christ. That we have that message, but we also recognize that we have a message that should be helping grow in them this fruit of the Spirit, an abundance and joy and delight. And I'm sometimes burdened that we get so focused on our own lives that we really don't care about anybody else. That I'm just, I, got, I have my job, I've got my kids, I've got my family, I've got my bills to pay and all that. And my life, just, it's just so much going on and it's hard. And I think Jesus would say, of course it's hard. You're living in a fallen, broken world. I've come into that world to give you light. I've come into this world to, to give you and to be the source of hope and joy in this life. And I want you then, what I've given to you, I want you to give to others. And frankly, oftentimes the reason why we may be very reluctant to give it to others is because we're not experiencing it ourselves. And often the reason we're not experiencing the, the brighter day that God promises is because we don't have our eyes fixed in the right place. We're looking in the mirror rather than looking at God and His Word. I'm looking in the mirror and seeing, oh, woe is me. Oh, things are just bad and they're still bad. And they're going to be bad tomorrow too. I guess I just have to suck it up and just... Try harder for tomorrow. When Jesus says, listen, that's not my counsel. My counsel is look to me. Trust me for strength. Trust me for hope. Trust me for joy. Yes, be in the Word. Read the Word. Understand the Word. Seek to know Him better. That we would commit ourselves to getting in God's Word. And so our thinking isn't just being continually driven by what I think, feel, and desire. But my thinking is being, being driven by what God desires of me that I'm walking a path of a brighter day, that I'm seeking to know, love, and live for Jesus in greater ways, day after day. We, we could look as well, this new and abundant life that God gives to us, it's a transformed life, it's a life that's marked by the fruit of the Spirit. It is also a life of progressive change. 
a progressive change, Ephesians 4 tells us that in reference to the former manner of life, that's the old way before we were believers, that we put it off. And that we put on this new self that is being created in holiness and righteousness of truth. That our lives are to be being transformed as we put off old and put on new. That we don't just hang on to the old and just hope the new comes. It's active. We're actively seeing what is it that God wants to change in my life? What does God want to change in me? And you know what God does to help us to see those things? He puts like for husbands, he puts wives in their lives to help them see things they don't want to see. For wives, they put husbands. And so parents, they have kids. I mean, I, I'm a continually amazed at things God reveals to me through my kids. Okay? I mean, it's easy for me to see their sin and rebellion, right? I mean, that's easy for us to see. But what's also easy to see? All of a sudden, they reveal things in my life that's like, yeah, Steve, you've got work to do. You start living in a relationship with other people close enough, it's easy for us to think about how the problems are always everybody else. And not to be humble enough to see that maybe I'm the one that needs to change. I'm astounded as I interact with people that, that they have broken relationship after broken relationship after broken relationship, and they're talking about, I mean, all these people are mad at me, all these people don't like me, or all these people say bad things about me and all that. And, and, and there's, this, there's this common theme that runs through all of it. It's me. And thinking that it's everybody else that needs to change, and if they were all just change, then my world would be better. Then things would be the way they're supposed to be. Because we're blind. And rather than humbling ourselves and realizing we've got old that we need to put off, there is new that we need to put on, that our thinking, our hearts need to be continually transformed by the power of the gospel. We just want everybody else to be changed. Because we think we've got it pretty well figured out. Well, God calls us to this brighter day, and this brighter day is beautiful. It's a life of transformation, a life of the Spirit. It's new, abundant, eternal. It's a life of progressive change. But as we continue to read in the Bible that this path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter until the full day, we also see that this path is a life. It's a life that continues into eternity. This path of righteousness that I get on when I trust Jesus as my Savior, it begins when I trust Him and it continues into eternity. It continues into an eternity where there is no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more tears, no more pain. It's all gone. Does anybody long for that day? And that day's coming. God's promised that he has, he is going, Jesus is going to come back and everything that he has put away, everything that's broken, he is going to fix. And as we spent time last week talking about faithfulness, when Jesus returns, he knows those who are his, but we're going to be examined by our faithfulness. Have we been faithful? Are we being faithful with the things that God is giving to us? My time, my relationships, my resources, my finances? Or have I just made all those things about myself and I'm just living in my own little world and just focusing on all those? Or am I really truly seeking to live for the God who has saved me and made me new? Am I living for more than myself? And Jesus is telling us, listen, this path of the righteous that gets brighter and brighter, there's a day where it's all going to be changed. And that we're going to have no more death, mourning, crying, tears, pain. It's all gone. 
And then as we continue to think about that day, the full day, this fullness of day is a day when the curse is gone. Revelation chapter 22 describes this. Sin is no more. Sin is no more where believers are standing face to face with our Messiah, that we see his face. And in this new eternity that God creates, there's no need for a son because he's there. He's the fullness of this bright day. What is the fullness of the day that God's bringing us to? It is the presence of our God. That's the full day. We get on that path when we repent and believe. And we're to be making progress all throughout our lives towards this. And that's the hope that God gives to us. And yet God not only calls us to be on this path, he calls us to get others on this path. To help make the lives of others brighter. You see, God wants to use us as instruments of change. Instruments in the lives of other people. Instruments of helping their days to be brighter as they know, love, and live for Jesus. That's what we should be sold out on. That the thing that is going to change people's lives is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Knowing it, believing it, and living according to it. And when we start to get traction with that, we see our lives changed, and we get to see others' lives changed as well. Well, how do we do this? How do we, how do we help give others help and hope for a brighter day? Well, we make lives brighter by loving others wisely with grace and truth so that they know, love, and live for Jesus. What we mean by this is what I mean by we love others wisely, that we are giving of ourselves. That's what love is. Love is a turning of life being all about me to being about others. That's what love is. And God calls us to love others, and he calls us to love others wisely. You see, we live in a culture where love has been redefined into affirmation. You must love me. And what that means in our culture in many years today means you must affirm me. And so whatever I'm doing, whatever I feel like, whatever I, whatever I think about myself, you must affirm that. And if you don't affirm that, you must not love me. Right? That's not biblical love. What biblical love is that we are seeking to give of ourselves so that others are transformed into what God wants them to be transformed into. And so we love others, we give of ourselves, so we love people wisely, which means we speak truth. Truth's not popular. It hasn't been. It wasn't in the days of Jesus. Pilate says, what is truth? Right? So we, we don't live in a brand new era. We live in just a continuation of one that's gone on for a long time. And if people say there is no truth, we look at the Word of God and we say there is truth, there is right, there is wrong, there are things that are true. And we're going to speak truth, but we're going to speak truth in love. We love others wisely with grace and truth. And, and that's a challenge because we, to do that, it takes work because there are times when we need to speak truth very firmly and clearly so people hear it and get it. There are other times we need to speak it softly and gently so they'll get it. And in both cases, the the desire is the same. We want them to get the truth. And so that's why we need wisdom. And we're going to love them wisely with grace. See, what we often live in a culture, if you're on social media, you're watching the news and all that, everything is is a tit for tat. You did this, you deserve that. They did this, they deserve that. That politician lied, this one's okay to lie. That one tells the truth, this one has to tell the truth. Everything's just like back and forth, back and forth. 
And it's all about what people deserve. Well, they deserve that. They deserve that. That's not what God calls us to. God calls us to be people of grace. Listen, God does not call us to give people what they deserve. God calls us to give people what we have received. See, listen, God doesn't call us to give people what they deserve. God calls us to give people what we have received. What have we received? Grace, truth, and love. And we have a responsibility to give people what we have received, not what they deserve. That's what it means to love others wisely with grace and truth. We want God to open their eyes so that they can know Jesus, love Jesus, and live for Jesus. It's the best thing that can happen for them. Well, how do we do this? How do we go about making lives brighter? How do we love others wisely with grace and truth so they know, love, and live for Jesus? Well, turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew the first book in the New Testament, and we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 5 on page 810 in your pew Bible, and this is in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is beginning by helping people to understand what the kingdom of God is like. So this idea of a brighter day, what does it look like? It looks like transformation, fruit of the Spirit, new, abundant life. It looks like change. It looks like no more death, mourning, crying, tears, pain, ultimately. Well, how do we help people get there? How do we love them wisely? Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says this. Jesus says to his disciples, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. This passage is telling us that we are light. And this is the first point that we need to understand, that Jesus is calling us to be light. To be light. We are light. He has made us light. Now be it. I mean, how many of you grew up in church singing a little song about a little bitty light? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Okay? We sing that song, wonderful song, teaches wonderful truth. We've got light, and actually that light, we are the light here. Jesus is the light, we reflect his light. I'm going to let it what? Shine. But then we pick up on the verse, and what's the second part, the warning? Hide it under a bush. Yeah, I'll say it, let's do it again. You say, oh no, that'll be fun. Hide it under a bush. Okay, yeah. What could we think about hiding it under a bush? We've been given this light. We've been given this light. Think, well, see, I think it's a wonderful kid's song because what's our tendency? I've got my light, and I just want to live in my little corner of the world and Jesus to bless me and make me my life wonderful and take me to heaven one day. I just want to put it under a bush and live in the, under my bush. But, Jesus said, but the song, not Jesus, the song says, hide it under a bush. Oh, no. We don't hide this under a bush, that we are light, that we are called to be light, that we need to let it shine. We are to be speaking God's truth with grace and love, that we are to be being a light to others. We're called to be light, to reflect Jesus, to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. We need to be all these things that we want for others. We're not only called to be light, but Matthew chapter 22, let's look there. Matthew 22, verses 36 
This is page 828. Pharisees have come to Jesus and they're asking him questions, trying to trip him up again. And they ask him this question in verse 36. And they say, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Then verse 37, Jesus responds to them. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depends all the law and the prophets. You see, we are called to, lo- to be light. We are also commanded to love. We are commanded to, be, to love. This light that God calls us to, if I would describe it in terms of light today, there, you go to like the Home Depot and they've got this display of all different kinds of lights. Okay, like really like white light and then you have, there's a white light and then what's the other end of the spectrum? Yeah, there's soft light, warm light. Which one is a little more comfortable? Yeah, the warm light. Actually, when a couple of years ago, we had a roof. Actually, we were working on a roof project, and it rained, and our, and our drywall in here in this other room um, got all messed up. And we had these hanging lights in the um, connection point for a few weeks. And they were light bulbs, and they, it was warm light. And I thought, this just creates a whole different atmosphere. Well, the ceiling gone and the light, that created a problem. But, but just the, the, the lighting itself, it creates a different atmosphere, doesn't it? And we kind of know that. We experience that. And when God calls us to be light, God calls us, I think, is to be this warm light. This warm light that, 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 that brightens up the darkness, but it's also attractional and it's warm. It's a comfortable light. You know, it's not this industrial light. It's not just functional so you can see everything, but it's, you can see, but it's also comfortable. That God calls us to be this light, and so this light that loves A loving light. What light are we to let shine? The light of love, the light of grace, the light of truth, that we are letting that shine. So we are commanded to love. We are called to be light. One more passage in Matthew 28. At the end of Jesus' ministry after his resurrection, Matthew 28, verse 18, on page 835. That we are called... To be light, we are commanded to love, and we are also commissioned to go. Here's what Jesus says. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." That Jesus has said to us, he has said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He has said, he has come to give us life, to give us abundant life, to new life. He's called us to be a people who manifest the fruit of the spirit. He has called us to be a people who are light in darkness and he calls us to go. To go and to make disciples. We have a responsibility to take the light that we have, to take the life that we have, to take that into our world. And God calls us to this ministry to go. Not just live for ourselves, not just enjoy what God's doing for us, not just enjoy all the blessings, but to be faithful to the call to go. To go and to make disciples, to go and to make lives brighter. 
speaking the Word of God so that people will be transformed. In your bulletin is this little card. Okay? The purpose of this card, this is an internal thing for us to remind ourselves what is it that God is calling us to do. The front side says, help and hope for a brighter day. It's what God's calling us to. We've talked about what that brighter day means. On the back side of it, it says this, how we make disciples. Another way of saying this is how we make lives brighter. How do we make lives brighter? And as we look at this, how do we do this? Well, on the one side, on the left-hand side, we see this black crown. And that represents a kingdom. A kingdom of, guess what? What do you suppose that is? A kingdom of, yeah, sin, selfish, darkness. Okay, that's this kingdom. And all of us are born into that kingdom. And we live as productive citizens in that kingdom until something happens. And what has to happen is we have to be rescued from that, that we are rescued from that. And then we're rescued, and then on the other side, we see another crown. And that crown is a crown, and it's, it's, it's a light crown. It is a, we move from darkness to light, from the kingdom of self to the kingdom of Christ, that God does that, and we are rescued from this darkness, and we're placed into this new kingdom. And the manner in which that happens as we rescue, how do we see people rescued? That we rescue them by sharing the gospel with people. So we, we understand that, that we are called to rescue unbelievers from the power of darkness by the power of the gospel. It is God's word that we are to speak, and that we are to be living. And so we do that two little words under the word rescue on our card is that we are engaging with unbelievers, that we need to be connected with unbelievers. We need to get outside sometimes our holy huddles, and we need to be interacting with unbelievers so that we know them, so that we know who they need to hear the gospel, so that we can be light. We certainly need to gather as a church to worship our light, bring together. God calls us to that, but he also calls us to go. And that we need to be engaging with others. Then we evangelize them. And this a definition of evangelism, a very simple one, is that we teach the gospel with an aim to persuade. Okay, we teach the gospel and we want people persuaded to believe it. Okay, that is author, Mac, Mac Stiles is the um, author of that quote. But this idea is that what are we seeking to do? We teach the gospel. You think, well, what's the gospel? Well, remember the other cards we've given you over the years? Over this past year or so, this one it says the gospel, and it's got the pictures on the back and the six questions. What are we teaching people? We're seeking to teach them who is God. He's our creator and king. Who are we? Creatures and rebels. What should God do to us? Death and hell. What has he done instead? He's given us Jesus as a substitute. How do we respond? We must repent, believe. What difference does it make? New life now and forever, that we walk people through that, help them to understand that with an aim to persuade them to believe it. Because as they believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, they move from one path, this kingdom of darkness, and they get on this new path of the kingdom of light, a kingdom that gets brighter and brighter and brighter until the full day. And that's what God's calling us to, to see people rescued through engaging and evangelizing. But it doesn't stop there. I think for oftentimes we think when somebody comes to know Jesus as their Savior, it's like the work's done. Well, that's like a mom who's just given birth to a baby, given birth to this kid, whew, work's done. Man, the work's just started, right? 
Okay, because what's born? A baby. When we're born again, we're babies. And what has to happen? We have to grow and mature. And so our words underneath this renew idea is that we edify. We seek to build up others in the faith, build up others in knowledge and grace and truth. We're building them up. But then also we're equipping. We're seeking to be equipped to go, to share the gospel, to help make lives brighter. And at the bottom of the card, it describes how we do this. How do we go rescue and renew? What are the key ideas that we are called? We are God's people. We are his vessels. We are his instruments. We are his light. This is our responsibility. We know God's sovereign and a sovereign God who works. He works through faithful believers. And we have a responsibility to proclaim God's word. God's life-giving, life-transforming word. We believe that the Bible is inspired, inerrant, infallible, powerful Word of God. It is the power to change lives. And so that's what we trust. Not our wisdom, not the latest research, not what psychiatrists or psychologists say. What we trust to give people a a brighter day is the Word of God. And we trust the Word of God. But then we also proclaim God's Word in prayerful dependence on God's Spirit. See, why that's important is we can't rescue or renew anyone on our own. We don't have the power. That is supernatural work that God does in the hearts and the spirits of people. He opens blind eyes and he grows baby believers. It is his work of growth. Now, we're instruments in that by loving people wisely with grace and truth. We're helping them to know, love, and live for Jesus. God uses us in that process, but it's got to be the spirit that is working. And so we proclaim God's truth in prayerful dependence on God's Spirit to accomplish God's purposes. What are God's purposes? Transform lives, fruit of the Spirit, growth throughout life. Those are His purposes. That's what we're seeking to do. We're seeking to bring people to a brighter day. How? By prayerfully depending on God's Spirit to accomplish God's purposes. And our last little phrase is in God's time. Because God's time is very seldom on the same time that we are, right? So we are called to be like farmers. We plant and water and plant and water and plant and water. And who causes the growth? God causes the growth. And he causes the growth in his time, right? So we have no idea when the seeds we're planting, when the water that we are spreading, we don't have any idea when that's going to come to fruition or what God's going to do with it. We're simply called to be faithful, to faithfully be seeking to be the people God calls us to be, to seeking to be instruments of change so that God can be using us to help others. As we consider this, we realize that we live in a dark world, that we live in a world of hurt. We live in a world where people are lost and broken. And frankly, as we look around us, it seems like it's getting darker and darker. And it's very easy for us to despair and think and wring our hands and just like, oh, no. I was reading stuff the other day, and it asked this question. I thought, this was really startling. It says, are we more concerned, it is in a political context, are we more concerned about losing our nation than lost souls? An awful lot of people really concerned about where our nation is and what's going on politically and what the future is and economics and all that and wringing our hands. Oh, we got a great country. What's going to happen to it? Which we'll see. 
Do we spend more time being concerned and burdened about that than we are lost people, people living in darkness? Do we really care? Do we really desire to see people live and to have a brighter day? Listen, church, that is what God's calling us to. He's called us to be light. He's commanding us to love. He's called us to go. Will we be faithful in that? I mean, this is something that just, this, I tell you, fires me up to think about people in my family and unbelievers, people that I know, that I can be a vessel of helping their life to get brighter. You can be that with the gospel. The truths that we talk about every Sunday. And how does he call us to do that? He says, be faithful. Love. Live it out. Bear the fruit of the Spirit. Talk to people. Help them to understand the gospel. Be light. Let your light shine. Share the gospel. Help make lives brighter. Well, as we conclude, I just want to pray with you this prayer this morning. That God would help us to be faithful instruments of help and hope. That God would be help us to be faithful instruments of help and hope for a brighter day as we love others wisely with grace and truth so that they know, love, and live for Jesus. God, I pray today that you would help us. Help us as individuals to have a burden for those who are living in darkness. God, you'd give us wisdom. Lord, when we have a desire to be light, we need wisdom to know what that looks like in individual context. Pray that you would give a, a, a burden a burden for those whose lives are broken and that we would, would be hungry and thirsty to see you transform their lives. God, I pray as well that you would help us to, 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 to be diligent and be faithful in our own lives. Lord, so often what keeps us from pursuing the brighter day for others is that we're not even pursuing it for ourselves. We want everybody else to change. We want other things to change. And we're not focused on submitting and surrendering ourselves to you. We're not willing to get help. We just stay stuck. But God, I ask this morning that you would be at work making our lives brighter as we apply the gospel to, your, to, your, to our lives. And that God then, as you make our lives brighter, that we would, we would at the same time be pursuing making other lives brighter to see you change everything about us and about others, and that we would see people growing in love and joy and peace and an abundant life. God, help us. Help us to let our light shine, to not hide it under a bush, but that we would go to make lives brighter. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.